I'm an almost perpetual traveler. I wander through the vast star fields of the universe, across the bridges between dimensions. I traipse the towpaths of time. The galaxies are mine to range across forever and a day. Sometimes, though not often, I like to get away from it all, or at least try to. There is a house in deepest, darkest Sussex. Its name, Nest Cottage. It has a housekeeper who tends the place when I'm traveling. Her name is Wibsy. She can be a bit of a handful, the poor dear. Mrs. Wibsy doesn't really belong to the 21st century, but her duties are very light, and she's settled well into village life. Next Christmas, I was returning to that quiet corner of the world after a year's absence. Snow clouds were gathering in the sky, and I was quite unaware of the heavy weather Mrs. Wibsey and I would soon have to face. Knowing her as I did by then, I'd have been foolish to expect a warm welcome. Uh -huh. Oh, so you're back again, are you? Oh, just for a few days. I've promised the TARDIS an overhaul, and also I thought I should see how you were getting on. I see. Well, don't get under my feet. It's almost Christmas again. Are you staying for the festivities? Ah, remember last year? Hardly likely to forget it, am I? I was hoping it'd be quieter this year, Doctor. We'll just have to see, won't we? If you'll excuse me, I'm getting ready for the church bring and buy sale and we're very busy. It should have been last week, but the pipes burst in the church hall, so now it's three days before Christmas and I'm run off my feet. Of course, don't mind me. I suppose you'll be wanting supper? I'd be a fool not to, glorious chef that you are. Mm. I'm pleased to see you've settled in so well, away from your actual time and place. Well, now that you mention it, when you've fixed up your time machine, do you... do you think you could take me back there to Cromer, 1932? Take me home. Oh, this may sound harsh, Mrs. Wibsey, but there's nothing there for you back in the past. Your life is here now at Nest Cottage. Oh, I thought so. I see. Well, never mind. Welcome back, Doctor. Doctor Who, Demon Quest. The Relics of Time by Paul Mars. Starring Tom Baker and Susan Jameson. And so those few dark days before Christmas inched along. Snow fell... And Mrs. Wibsey came and went, banging and clattering about with box-loads of stuff from the attic and the cellar. I paid her little attention. What about this? Will you be needing this any more? What? No, I'm busy. Go away! Suit yourself. Meanwhile, I was wholly concerned with the various components from the TARDIS console, which I had scattered about the parlour and the dining room. Truth be told, I had been a little... Uh, <clears throat> over-enthusiastic in some of my dismantling. That looks like a proper dog's dinner. I know a dog who'd argue with that. Anyway, what would you know about relative dimensional engineering? Nothing at all. No. But I'd know better than to get marmalade in the workings. Hmm. Ah, 
And with that, she was gone down to the church hall in a flurry of biscuit tins and eider-downs. I continued to tinker in the warm glow of the hearth fire, examining then reassembling each component of the TARDIS console. It was around about midday when I started to look for the spatial geometer I'd earlier dismantled. That's funny. I'm sure I put the pieces down here somewhere. I searched high and low, but it was only when my eyes fell upon a broken teacup nestling amongst my high-tech paraphernalia that my suspicions began to grow. Oh, no. She hasn't, has she? Mrs. Wibsey! Mrs. Wibsey! My scarf and coattails flew as I dashed across the village to the church hall. I was soon immersed in a sea of herringbone coats and knitted hats and the musty smell of sandalwood. Hello, Doctor. Come to find some new togs. There's a lovely cardigan here. Mrs. Wibsey's stall was lavishly stocked and mostly with belongings of mine. What was more, she had already made £23.57 out of sundry artefacts. I did explain to you that cottage of yours was far too cluttered. Everything comes in useful at some time or other, Mrs. Wibsey, do you hear me? I didn't think you'd miss any of this old rubbish. You must let me be the judge of that. You have no idea what kinds of things I'm storing at Nest Cottage. Things that should never see the light of day. I mean, what's this doing here? Newfangled nonsense. I don't hold with gadgets. Mrs. Wibsey... This is the cordless answer phone gadget I installed at Nest Cottage last Boxing Day. It's important and very cleverly souped up for my own special purposes. Someone may try to get in touch with me. Keep your voice down. Deirdre Watsit's earwig in. Never mind about Deirdre Watsit. I can't find a very important component of the TARDIS. And I have reason to believe you scooped its component parts up and brought them here. How much is this, please? A two and six, dear. Eh? I mean, um, three pounds thirty-seven. Oh, I'll take it. That's my shaving mirror. You never use it. Thank you, dear. Mrs. Wibsey, have you seen four perspex cylinders of varying size and technical complexity? Oh, that set of coloured tubes. Mm. I thought they were porch lights. Yes, this morning a gentleman bought it. He said they'd make nice ornaments for his conservatory. Oh, give me patience. Well, I say he bought them. In actual fact, we did a part exchange. Was he someone from the village? No, actually, he was a funny-looking fellow. I'd never seen him before. Mrs Wibsey... This bring-and-buy sale is in aid of the orphans, Doctor. I thought you could spare a bit of old rubbish for the sake of the children. This man, did he leave his name? Any details? Why would he do that? Look, here are the things he gave me in this bag. I haven't put them out yet. According to him, they're valuable antiques. I can hardly bear to look. I have to say, it doesn't seem like anything very valuable, mostly papers. But he'd whistled off by the time I opened it. With a vital component from the TARDIS under his arm? Well, I'm sorry if I've done something wrong. Wrong? My dear Mrs. Wimsey, I think you may have done something absolutely catastrophic. Oh, dear. Now, gather up all this gubbins and help me carry it home. Oh, Deidre... Could you mind my stall for a minute? Back at the cottage, we examined the contents of the stranger's bag. This is just rubbish. 
old bits of paper. Mm, it's certainly a rum quartet of items, an old book of fairy tales, a poster of some kind, falling apart. What about this? Looks like a page torn out of a history book. There's something attached to it. Huh, a piece of stone, how strange. What a very peculiar thing to do. An actual piece of stone taped to the page. Oh, look, a mosaic. What? A photograph at the bottom of the page. Oh, I used to love mosaics when I was a girl. There was one in Cromer Church. Ooh, it says here it was dug up from a Celtic settlement. The photograph shows a mosaic in the Roman style, first century AD. Blah, blah. If I'm not mistaken, this piece of stone is a tile from that very mosaic in the picture. Bright blue. How strange. But have you noticed the oddest thing of all? Well, I couldn't very well have missed it, could I? The mosaic is a picture of you. Thought I'd mention it in passing. What's that all about? Have you been back there, meddling around? In the first century AD? Not recently. Oh, dear. It does look a lot like me, doesn't it? Look at this fourth item. Seems to be the cover of a small pamphlet with some cartoon on the front. It's been ripped off. It's not the only one. But there's more to this than simple daylight robbery. At first glance, I'd say each of these items has been doctored to feature my image. Someone has gone to a lot of trouble. Are you quite sure there were only these four things in the bag, Mrs. Wibsey? Yes, yes, quite sure. I'm so sorry, Doctor. I've given away your spatial what's-it for a bag of practical jokes. I didn't say anything more just then to the disconsolate Mrs. Wibsey, but these simple objects had aroused my curiosity. While she returned to the jumble sale, I nipped out to the TARDIS, which was waiting for me in the back garden. I took with me all of the components of the console, plus the bag of papery artefacts. I sat up very late in the TARDIS and chose one of the objects from the bag, the page from the history book with the picture of that curious mosaic. I examined the blue tile and let the TARDIS's navigational computer mull that one over. According to the photographs accompanying the text, the mosaic had been discovered on a hill in West Sussex during the summer of 1964. There was something of a hoo-ha at the time because it wasn't thought that the Celts had such skills with mosaics. It seemed to have been assembled in the Roman style, around about the time of the Second Roman Invasion of Britain. Curiously, the piece didn't mention the rather handsome subject depicted in his natty woolen scarf. It was quite a flattering likeness, you know. I don't usually take a very good mosaic, but on this occasion the artist had done a very good job. However, one morsel of information the writer did impart sent an enormous shiver down my spine. The settlement in which the mosaic was found showed other evidence of sacrifices being made to a powerful goddess whose name was Wibsentia. I thought about all of this for much of the night. These objects had been passed into the hands of my housekeeper. Clearly, I was supposed to take note of them. Could there possibly be an archaic paper trail leading back into the past? Hmm? The next morning found Mrs. Wibsey struggling to open the back door of the cottage, snow having fallen heavily in the night. She discovered me sitting at the picnic table, so deep in thought, 
that a layer of flakes had settled on my hat and scarf. What on earth are you doing, man? You'll catch your death out here. You and I are going on a journey, Mrs Wibsey. I'm not going anywhere except the shops, thank you very much. Mrs Wibsey, without the fragments of the component you bartered away at the jumble sale, the TARDIS's movements, and therefore mine, are limited. We can move freely in time, but barely at all in space. You have effectively grounded me on Earth. Now, at the very least, I think you should do as you're told. Don't you? But what do you want with me? What can I do? This page from the history book. Please read what it says about where the mosaic was found. I haven't got time for a history lesson, Doctor. Look here. A goddess named Wibsensia. Oh. Yes, Wibsensia. It seems you're as much implicated in this anachronism as I am now quickly. Into the TARDIS. You're not getting me inside that thing again. Do you realise how few people are offered the chance to travel in the TARDIS with me? Now in, Wibsensia. Once inside, I applied myself to setting coordinates on the reassembled console. The mosaic tile had been very useful to the TARDIS, giving her something palpable to forge a link with across the centuries. She could home in on its time traces. The night you first brought me here, from the past, I think I pretended this TARDIS of yours was just part of a dream. The interesting thing about that mosaic is that I haven't been in Adira yet. Not in this body. Not in this body? Oh, you do say the most peculiar things. But clearly, someone wants me, and you too, to visit now. This is nothing more than a clever invitation, a summons! and hopefully a clue to the whereabouts of that vital component. Hey! We can't go now. I've left the back door open. The fire's on. There's this bread baking in the oven. Too late for that, my Wibsensia. Nest Cottage will have to look after itself now. Find something to hold on to. Without the spatial geometer, this could be a rough journey. Here we are. Come on out, Mrs. Wibsey. Welcome to history. Look, we are in the exact same spot nearly 2,000 years earlier. Just taste that air. Oh, it's freezing. Mm. No wonder the Romans invented the duffel coat while they were here. Deirdre had one on her stall. Wish I'd bought it now. There's one in the TARDIS locker. Go and put it on. We have a long journey ahead. Where are we going? to find the settlement on the hill where that mosaic was created and, if we're lucky, to find the artist who created it. Eh? Soon we were off, tramping into the unspoiled countryside. How do you know we're in the right year? The TARDIS has a very delicate nose for things like that, if you give her enough to go on. All right, then that got us this far, but how do you propose to find the specific village? The page from the history book gives the location where the Celtic settlement was dug up. I've correlated that with my pocket ordnance survey map of Roman Britain, and here in my hand is a simple compass. 
Now, first of all, we have to find Stane Street, just off Baker Street. You're joking, of course. You'll see. That is, if it's been built yet. We trekked through frosty fields and creaking woods. We saw hardly any signs of human life, but deer and birds and rabbits roamed all over the place. And as we sat down on a felled log with a meagre lunch of berries and water from a stream, Mrs. Wibsey berated me for not allowing her to bring proper supplies. We're not equipped for this. We're going to be found dead in the middle of nowhere. Hardly, Mrs. Wibsey. I do this sort of thing all the time. Jelly baby, take two. They're very nourishing. No, thanks. Oh. I had to hand it to the woman. Ooh, she had some stamina. That first day we walked for miles before we came to anything that resembled a road or track. According to the map, it shouldn't be too far away now. Yeah. We should be thankful the mosaic wasn't dug up in Northumberland. It'd be easy just to disappear, wouldn't it? To get lost here in this more simple time and never go back home. There's no such thing as a simpler time. Each age has its own complications. There'd be none of this terrorism they all talk about in the village. No money worries, no global economy or mugging or weapons of mass destruction. Oh, you've been learning a lot, haven't you? Shh! Listen. I had been so caught up in her concerns that I failed to hear what she had heard. The stirring of branches, the crumping of feet through the frozen grass. Oh! Oh! Get off! Get off! Don't hurt him! What are you doing? He's never done anything to you. Who are you people? You can't stay out here. Night's approaching. You must come with us. Oh, you, you speak English. Oh, who hit me? If either of us was going to argue, it would have been her. What's going on? You will come. We have food and a place for you to sleep. Who are they, Doctor? I don't know. Come, we must return to the encampment. The dark is rising. I believe they thought we were Romans, eccentrics who had lost our way and wandered into their realm. I was fascinated by our would-be hosts, who appeared to belong to a Celtic tribe. They were covered in a rough kind of makeup, as if for disguise. Their clothing was also rough. In fact, they were more barbaric than I would have expected for the period. But after all, this was the deep countryside. I think I read about you lot in Tacitus, though I did wonder how much to believe. They're quite polite, though, aren't they? Apart from hitting you on the head. Don't be complacent, Mrs. Wibsey. They're probably intending to eat us or something. How do you feel about being put into a stew? I've been in one since the first day I met you. And just as the darkness descended completely, we arrived at the tribe's small encampment. It was a shabby, primitive place. Straw-thatched roofs on houses of wattle and daub. Hens scratching about, and everything centering about the largest structure, a kind of village hall, where all the people crowded for warmth and sustenance. You do bring me to the nicest places, Doctor. Yes. We seem to have been derailed a bit, don't we? They were talking about us, these tribal folk, muttering darkly and glancing our way. Word of our advent spread like wildfire and soon we were surrounded by ragamuffin children and gnarled ancients, supposedly wise ones. Also, the younger, 
burlier members of the tribe. All of them wanted to see the strangers, the aliens. Are you Roman? Are you the ones from overseas? They say they're coming again and again in waves, like they did almost a century ago, led by the one they called Julius Caesar. No, no, we're nothing to do with that lot. We're, we're neighbours of yours, or will be in 2,000 years' time. You've nothing to fear from us. As night set in, they made us welcome at their meagre feast. Hanks of roasted boar flesh and some kind of home-brewed ale which Mrs. Wibsey wouldn't touch. There are things floating in it. Shh, shh, shh. It's important for us to accept their hospitality graciously, Mrs. Wibsey. These people are struggling to survive. They need every drop of sustenance they can get. It's very kind of them to take us in. It's not very clean history, is it? Oh, you should see the future. I'm often getting my hands dirty, I'm afraid. The elders have been conferring. They are intrigued by you. Some think they recognise your type, your features and bearing, your strange apparel. Oh, really? Who do they think I am? They're hoping you hail from the West, from the lost tribes, the druids. The magicians. Oh, that's very flashing, but I'm afraid magic's not my thing. Prognostication, fancy banks and flashes, calling up strange spirits. I'm hopeless at all that sort of thing. I'm not so sure. Wibsy, don't interfere. If you tell them you're a druid or whatever they want, they might help us on our way. Tell me, why do they hope we're druids? Because that means you'll have special powers. That's the only reason they'd have to keep you alive. I see. Well, Mrs. Wibsey here is a marvel with the entrails of goats, especially billy goats, ain't you, Wibs? What? Your giblet gravy last Christmas. Will you help us with your magic? Humour her, Mrs. Wibsey. I'd... I'll do what I can. Giblets, indeed. I admired Mrs. Wibsey for the way she took everything in her stride even being led ceremonially into the centre of the village hall and introduced to the whole community as a powerful high priestess of the old religion. It didn't faze her. We both realised that the prophecies of the history books were quickly coming to life. And so when the villagers asked her name, she merely followed its suggestion. She told them she had come among them to portend the future and their chances of survival this winter. Great Wibsensia, we are honoured that you have favoured our small tribe with your presence. We will reward you greatly for your efforts this night. I ask for little, just that the Doctor and I be pointed in the right direction and allowed to go on our way. I watched with great interest, wincing a little as they slashed a goat's throat right in front of Mrs. Wibsey and let the fresh blood run into bronze goblets. Wibsy went quite green as they slit open its belly and dragged out all of its insides under her beaky nose. It might have been nausea or the billowing, smoky incense, or, on the other hand, she might actually have gone into a trance. Either way, her eyelids fluttered and she swayed on the spot. Oh, bravo, Mrs. Wibsy, I thought. She looked just like a genuine druidic priestess in the midst of a ritual. What do you scry in the goat's liver and lights? Tell us, O oh sacred Harusmex, you wondrous entrail gazer. I see. I see another tribe, very like you, not far from here. 
Yet they hate you and fear you. They have raided this village again and again, killing and stealing. They are stronger than you, cleverer. Yes, yes, this is true. Oh, well, Destwibsy, splendid. They take the best of the crops and livestock in this locality. You will never defeat them. They have the upper hand. This is because they have help. Someone, a great and powerful man, has been helping them in recent months. Yes, we believe so. We have sent spies. Only one returned from their encampment on the hill. Only one living witness returned to tell us. I can see it all. They have a great wizard whom they revere. A wizard from abroad who has with him a pet monster who guards their village. A huge beast from another world. And the wizard is all-powerful. He will see to it that you, the rivals of his tribe, are utterly destroyed. I thought Mrs. Wibsey was doing an incredible turn, very authentic in the soothsayer stakes. But then, with this business about wizards and monsters, I wondered if she wasn't going too far. The people around me were gasping in shock and quivering in their fur-lined boots. And as for all that stuff about destruction... She has spoken. Wibsentia has shown us that we must strike out against these enemies of ours. She has shown us the perils we face. Is, is that enough? Can I sit down now? I've come over a bit giddy. Mrs. Wibsey, come over here and lie down. That was quite remarkable. Perhaps there's something in this scrying business after all. We must not despair. Wibsentia has shown us only one possible outcome. We will only be destroyed if we give in to the tribe on the hill and their precious wizard. But now we have our own secrets. Today we have gained wizards of our own. They went burbling on in this manner... But my attention was on poor Woozy Wibsy. What did I say? It all came pouring out like gibberish. Did I give a good impression? A little too good. You've got them wanting to declare war on the next tribe. Oh, no. I got the verse reading prize at school when I was a girl. I didn't go all Henry V, did I? Not quite. But you said some very strange things. Things which, if they are true, you couldn't possibly have known. What? There wasn't time to go into it then, but I was very intrigued by Mrs. Wibsey's curious sensitivities. We were interrupted rudely by a delegation from our hosts. They had rapidly made up their minds to offer us a bargain, our lives and freedom to go on with our quest as we wished, in return for helping them. Helping them by visiting this other encampment on the hill and executing the wizard and his monster. Well, Doctor, great Wibsensia, what do you say? Murder and execution aren't really my style. You will destroy them by fair means or foul, or magic if need be. If not, we will sacrifice you both. The sacrifice of a priestess and a druid is very potent. At least you're in a win-win situation. It has been an auspicious day. Very interesting about the word auspicious. It refers to bird-watching, you know, Wibsy. Ancient people thought they could tell the future by watching... One of our elders observed the starlings this morning. He knew that today would bring treasures for us. And here you are. I see. We don't really have a choice, do we? We've got to do what they want and become assassins. They allowed us to rest that night, to sleep and marshal our resources. 
but we had a miserable time of it lying on that hard-packed earth under heaps of rank and uncured skins. The dark air was murmurous. The whole tribe seemed to snore. I sat up late, thinking about that mosaic, weighing up the small blue tile in the palm of my hand. I can't sleep like this. I keep thinking about the dangers we have to face. Can't we just nip away? Back to the TARDIS. We're inside the timeline now, Mrs. Wibsey. We are part of the unfolding events and we must stay to see it through. I have an appointment with an unfinished work of art, a masterpiece from the ancient world. Even so, why can't we just nip out while this lot are asleep and go about our own business? Don't underestimate our hosts. Step out of line and you'll feel a spear in your back. It wouldn't be long before they caught up with us. We must do their bidding if we want to get free. I feel like we'll never get back to normality again. But this is normality, Mrs. Wibsey. I knew you'd say that. Dawn broke, and the shadows shifted, and someone was up tending the great hearth in the centre of the village hall. I had been up all night mulling things over, thinking about wizards and monsters and Celtic tribes and jumble sails and bundles of curious documents. Our elders believe it's best if you set off straight after breakfast. The tribes forage in the daytime and their defences are at their lowest. Your elders do all the deciding round here, don't they? Haven't you heard of the youth vote? When you have killed a wizard, we will seize our chance. Our warriors will attack their encampment. I don't like the sound of that. You will do as the elders have commanded. In the morning light, the tribespeople looked even more fearsome. It was a fetid old place, and we were relieved to be out in the open and the cold morning air. Are they still watching us? Keep walking quickly, Mrs. Wibsey. Just turn and give a hearty wave. Arrivederci! Why didn't they send someone with us? Why do they trust us not to run away? I think they fear what this other tribe has got. None of them will go anywhere near. Because they've got a wizard? Magic can be a powerful thing to those who believe in it. Come on, let's pick up our pace a bit. It took us a little while to negotiate the untamed stretch of countryside that separated the two antagonistic tribes. We were going through a dense thicket of trees when we made a gruesome discovery in the undergrowth. I always imagined the Celts as more civilised somehow, not squabbling like this between little gangs. We've arrived at a time of great uncertainty, with the Romans about to land in force almost a hundred years after Julius Caesar's first visits. Things are about to become interesting. Some of the British tribes will work with the Romans and be glad of their presence. Others will resist with every iota of their strength. For a few years, everything gets rather messy. I can't abide mess. Mrs. Wibsey, don't look down. What is it? I said don't look. Oh! Corpses. They've just been left out here to rot. I thought the Celtic tribes cremated their dead. They certainly didn't just throw them down the hill like this. They look as if they've been here for years. They're, they're all leathery. Desiccated. Sucked dry. Hmm. A corpse-strewn corpse. These bodies haven't been here for years, Mrs. Wibsey. Look at their clothes. They're dirty, but not ancient. Then what could have happened to these poor people? Oh, there's more over there. There, there must be nearly... Twenty of them. Their dress is too sophisticated for the place we've left. They must come from our destination. Someone is killing them and hiding their remains. 
Who or what kills people like this? Nothing in this age. I don't like this, Mrs. Wibsey. I don't like this at all. Come on. It was easier to see where we needed to head for. Over the tallest hill in the vicinity, plumes of ash-grey smoke hung in the wintry sky. This encampment looked more sophisticated than the one we had left. They're obviously richer and more organised than our poor lot. Look at all this! It's a big city in comparison. It's like Norwich. We considered the best way to approach this startling conurbation. We saw women, children and elderly people. Livestock ambled freely about the place. But still we approached with great caution. A few dead bodies down the hill is the least of their worries, I suppose. You do realise this place will be under attack today and we'll be the cause of it. Good morning! Oh, here we go. Hello, my dear. I wonder would you be so good as to take us to your wizard? We've heard such wonderful things about him. Why do you always have to show off? The young woman whom I'd asked seemed rather surprised by our appearance. She started screaming and gathering others about her, and all at once the little boulevard we'd strayed into was awash with unwashed figures. They shouted and prodded and poked at us. Dogs barked, babies cried. I tried to smile and look harmless, but to no avail. I was getting a famous whimsy stare from my housekeeper, too. And then suddenly a new figure appeared in their midst. Welcome, both of you. I mean, if people don't understand simple good manners... Doctor, that old chap, he's talking to you. What? Oh, hello. I'm the doctor, and this is my curmudgeonly housekeeper, Mrs. Wibsey. Have you come far? Well, you see, your neighbours across the far side of the plain, they sent us on a kind of mission. Well, then you've been very brave to come here. It's quite amusing. We were sent here to assassinate or otherwise put paid to this wizard fellow they've got hold up here. You don't happen to know him, do you? Wizard, you say? Hmm? Doctor, do you think that maybe this chap... I know, I know there's no such thing as wizards. And I dare say this fellow is just some opportunist taking advantage of primitive people, perhaps impressing them with a spot of superior knowledge to gain precedence in their little society, wouldn't you say? Hmm? Oh, probably. Undoubtedly, sir. Do you think you could make the rest of your tribe back off? They're being rather threatening. Yes. We've been threatened by all sorts since we arrived at this place. No one seems to like us. Well, dear, I'm a foreigner here myself. It takes a little time to settle in amongst these island people. How interesting. I can see you're different from the others. I was trying to point that out, Doctor. I think this man might be their... You're their wizard, aren't you? Of course! Wizard? How ridiculous. I hate to be accused of building up my own part. But come along, come along. My own small dwelling isn't far. You can sit down and tell me all about this amusing mission of yours. Lead on, Mac. Oh, no, that's not you. What's that noise, by the way, uh, Mr... Mr... Oh, that's my elephant. Just my elephant. I stole it, you know, when I absconded. Now, come along, the two of you, into the warmth. It turned out he really did have an elephant, a tired-looking, shivery creature tethered to a tree near his tent. Hello, old cock. Ooh, you're a long way from home. You know, Mrs. Wibsey, the Romans used elephants to attack cities when they were invading. 
They brought them in ships to scare the natives. Oh, this one's days of scaring people are long over. Oh, she can still give you a run for your money. She's been a good companion to me. Perhaps I'll try it myself one day. So this is your monster, is it? The beast that the other tribe is so scared of. You haven't been letting her roam the countryside, staring the Celts to death, have you? She stayed by my side for months. It's just that we found some very strange remains hidden in the grass at the bottom of the hill. Oh, horrible. Human remains. How distressing for you. This is a very dangerous t time, you know. One can easily come a cropper in this barbarian land. Yes, I see. Their families were probably too busy to bury them. A savage time, this is. People can't afford the niceties. Having said that, do come indoors and have a drink. We followed the man into what appeared to be just another rough-built dwelling made of branches and skins. But inside, we discovered what seemed like a palace in comparison. There were carpets and wall hangings, and a few knick-knacks scattered about the place, all plainly Roman in origin. My humble abode. How charming. Oh, don't mind Metafix over there. He's just finishing up for the day. He's doing my floor for me. Oh, I say, Doctor. Ah, a mosaic. Yes, rather fine, isn't it? He's a very skilled worker, this boy. He's picked up the rudiments of this kind of work very quickly. I'll make a Roman craftsman of him yet. And so it seemed that we were in the right place after all. The artist behind our history book was in the process of putting together a portrait of our new host, this apparent wizard. It's going to be rather fine, don't you think? I do like a nice mosaic. Amazing. It's going to be you, isn't it? Quite. Well, I'm sure it'll be an excellent resemblance when he gets to your actual face. <laughs> you must have some of this. It's a kind of mulled wine. Doctor, we have to tell him. Listen, whoever you are, your people here are in terrible danger. Well, these are dangerous times. The other tribe, the ones who grabbed us, they're going to attack your lot this afternoon while the hunters are away foraging and the place is defenceless. Ah, but these people have their wizard. Me. <laughs> Everyone in these parts fears the wizard and his elephant. But we're meant to assassinate you. That's what we're here to do. Is it? Oh, dear. Yeah, are you sure you're meant to have told me? Well, of course, we're not actually going to do it. Oh, I'm relieved to hear it, Mrs. Wibsey. I've seen off a fair few assassination attempts, you know. My family were famous for it. I've ducked more slings and arrows than you've cooked hot dinners. Still, it's a quandary, isn't it? The sundial is, well, not ticking exactly. Those warriors we met clearly intend to attack the camp. Your little idol is under threat. Yes, my idol. That's what it is. This is what I dreamed of for so many years. Slipping away quietly into retirement and obscurity. Still rather stressful, though. You, why do you say that? Your stammer's returned. You know me? By reputation, by the written records, and by the currency of your empire. Mrs. Wibsey, let me introduce to you the Emperor Claudius, ruler of the known world, ruler of even this strange little backwater, Britain. C Claudius? The 
Claudius? Yes, indeed. I must say I'm surprised to find you here, Your Majesty, or Lord God, or Your Imperial, whatever it is you like to be called. If my knowledge of these times is correct, you shouldn't be here at all. There's nothing in the history books about your hiding away in a village for months on end. Uh, I can see there's no use in protesting, Doctor, um, whoever you are. <clears throat> the game's up. You've found me out. I don't know what these books are you speak of, but the fact is, I've been a little naughty. It was back in the spring, you see. I was heading north with my retinue. We were galloping along on the new road, an easy 50 miles a day. But then I pulled a fast one, didn't I? The Claudians have always been very nimble thinkers, very tricky souls. I gave the others the slip, even with an elephant in tow. My loyal companion. I managed to get away. They're quite lost without me, but what do I care? I just fancied a quiet life. But surely you can't just stop being emperor? Why not? It's a ghastly job. I'm sick of that treacherous lot. I'm quite happy here, thank you. The Britons will look after me, so long as they think I'm a wizard and can be of some use. But I've had quite enough of the backstabbing and the nastiness of Rome. But history doesn't go like that. That isn't how it happens. You tell him, Mrs. Wibsey. You're doing very well. What? Oh, I can't believe all this is happening. I'm afraid she's right, Claudius. You were only here in Britain for 16 days, you know. You've already outstayed yourself. And once you've gone home, your invaders get on with it on your behalf. Your people are here for hundreds of years, building roads, inventing central heating, generally modernising the old place. Surely these are just prophecies. They can be avoided with c c care. No. History is history, and you're standing in the way. Oh, let us not worry ourselves about all that now. I want to show you the room next door. Claudius, you and your elephant can't just sit with your heads in the mud. Why not? Well, for one thing, because your nearest neighbours are about to destroy this village, and they will too, they're desperate, starving. This tribe of yours, they're softer, better fed. They won't stand a chance. I've become rather fond of them, you know. I, I've taught them better ways to cultivate the rough soil, given them more efficient tools. You mustn't interfere. You should let these people get on with their lives and return to your own lot. Who are you to tell me what to do? Now, don't get all imperious. Just because you claim to have seen this future world in which Rome invades the British Isles doesn't mean I can't do exactly as I please. But it's one of the basic facts about this country. It happened. If you prevent it, I don't know what will happen. If Claudius here treats Britain as his retirement home, everything will change. Everything. Go on, Doctor. Prove to him we've come from the future. In exasperation, I dug through my capacious coat pockets for something to do the trick. However, my sonic screwdriver failed to impress the haughty emperor with its polite whir. Neither did he take much interest in a timetable for the Martian shuttle bus, or a Cornish pasty with the sell-by date of March the 12th, 1918. My last-ditch attempt to impress him centred around the answer phone gadget from Nest Cottage, the one I'd rescued from the jumble sale table. It was right at the bottom of my deep overcoat pockets. So what does this one do? You know all about sibyls and portents and prognostications, don't you? Well, this incredible device talks with the voice of the future. 
Well, well, and it even lights up. It brings messages from the heavens. That is, if there's anything on it. Hello there, Mrs. Wibsey, and Doctor, if you're there too. Uh, just a quick message to say I'm at a loose end this Christmas, and so I thought I'd drop in and see you. As a matter of fact, I rather hoped you'd be expecting me. Oh, and I'll be bringing Captain with me too. <laughs> Captain! Darn Captain! All being well, I'll be arriving by the 2.30 train on the 23rd of December. Who'd have thought it was a year since... I think the tape ran out. He always did talk too much. So that's one more to cook for. Well, well. It is, as you say, quite miraculous. No doubt it'll all be on microchip one day. What did you say? Oh, I said, uh, that voice, it's like the voice of the Sybil. I remember to tell him. Do you believe us now, that we come from the future? It seems I must believe you. Though of course, it is incredible. <laughs> but still, now that we have that cleared up, let me show you around my palace. I'll be back in a jiffy. It wasn't exactly the reaction I'd expected. He just wandered off into an antechamber and had a manservant bring us wine and fruit and cheese for an early lunch. It was quite a good spread. You can see that this tribe is much better off than the other one. No wonder they're so jealous. The catering is definitely better. We have to impress upon him the danger, Mrs. Wibsey. He's doddering about like he just doesn't care. They're vulnerable. If Claudius gets killed here today, we don't stand a chance of getting history back on track. He seems to think he's invulnerable. You know, he reminds me of someone. I can't put my finger on it. The attack was beginning. There came distant cries and screams. The warriors of the other tribe were laying siege to the settlement on the hill. The noise grew in pitch and ferocity. They were assuming we had fulfilled our side of the bargain and that the wizard was dead. I went outside to watch. The elephant stirred and whimpered. She was no kind of monster. She'd be no use in battle. That was obvious how fighting days were through. Presently, Claudius joined me. They're coming! You're right! Come back inside! We'll be safe there! We're not just going to sit it out, man! Mrs. Wibsey had been wandering around inside, and just then came hurrying out, clutching something. What on earth have you got there? I was poking around, as you do, and I found this. Please, come inside! We haven't a moment to spare! Isn't it a bit off your... what's it? That thingy, you know? It's a piece of my spatial geometer. A little tiny bit of... but... How did it come to be here? Oi! Come back here! Our host had suddenly darted back into his abode. In amongst all the hullabaloo of the approaching army and the screams of the villagers, the Emperor had seen fit to sneak away. My first priority was to avert further death and disaster. I dispatched Mrs. Wibsey to talk to Claudius and pocketed the precious fragment of the TARDIS component. Then I strode out bravely into the encampment towards the very source of all that murderous noise. Stop! You must stop at once! Stay back, Druid! What are you doing? These are defenseless people, your own people. How are they any different to you? They live on a hill, you live on the plain, aren't you just the same? Why can't you share the things you have? What's wrong with you people? They sought help from the magician you slayed. Uh, 
Well, actually... The magician and his monster still live! Kill the druid! Kill him along with the rest! Wait! I have something to show you. In this magic box. You have already shown that your powers are false! Listen! This box contains the voice of one of the gods. He would be most displeased to witness any more killing today. If you cease your bloody activities right now, he will promise to visit you in person for your midwinter festival. He will bring his hound of hell with him to contend with any warrior with bloodlust in his heart. Listen to this. Just give the volume a nudge. I must say, my little wheeze worked a second time quite brilliantly and all down to Mike Yates. <laughs> Who would have thought he'd be so effective? The warriors decided almost immediately to behave themselves. They suddenly saw the sense of what I was saying. They were ashamed of themselves dashing about slaughtering women and children and old folk. It was time for the midwinter festival and they had much jollier things to prepare than a massacre. Goodbye, happy solstitial rites. Now, let's see how Mrs. Wibbs is getting on with that absent emperor. Wibbsensia, are you there? Shh, come here. His nibs has nipped into that little antechamber next door. I think he must have been caught short. <clears throat> Claudius, uh, your royal highness, or whatever it is you like to be called. He won't come out. I've tried. Perhaps we scared him with our knowledge of the future. I'd like to know how he got his hands on that bit of my spatial geometer. Why don't you step through here? I've been dying to show you this room. We followed the sound of his voice behind a velvet curtain, from beyond which emanated a murky green light. I'm sorry, Doctor, Mrs. Wibsey. I've put you to a great deal of trouble, and it isn't over yet. The room beyond was decorated in the fashion of the royal palaces at the Forum in Rome with a marble floor and even more elaborate mosaics than that which Metafix was creating. My home from home. The curious background noise grew louder. We found we were having to raise our voices. It's not another blooming TARDIS, is it? If only, Mrs. Wibsey. If only. Mrs. Wibsey, get out of here. I'm not going without you. I know I'm coming as well. Wait! Come back, Doctor. You're supposed to come with me. He's trying to kidnap us now. Move! We dive back through the velvet curtain and suddenly... He's gone. That whole funny room is gone. Mm, yes. Who knows where to? Was he really, Claudius? I don't know. Yet. But this business isn't finished by a long chalk. That sounds ominous. Oh, it's very ominous indeed, Mrs. Wibsey. What was a piece of my TARDIS doing in Roman Britain, eh? Why did Claudius first pretend not to know about the future and then try to kidnap us in a dematerialization chamber? And if he's scarpered to fairyland, what's going to happen to history now? Ah, look. Here's our mosaic artist. Metafix, old chap! You might want to have a little think before finishing that thing. Your subject has just scarpered without pain. Mm, 
I wonder who he'll replace him with. I gave Metafix a single blue tile that had been affixed to the page from the history book. The very blue of your eyes, Doc. Oh, I never knew you'd even looked, Mrs. Ribsey. I just thought Metafix might like to pay tribute to our work here today. History in the making, eh? But even before we could get outside, we noticed the mosaic artist angrily dismantling his work. He obviously didn't lay tiles for the love of it. It seemed I wouldn't be remembered in baked clay after all. The page from the history book with its flattering photograph had been a fake. Yet someone had sent it to me, along with an actual tile from this very moment in time. That mystery still remained, along with certain others. Outside, we basked for a moment in the newly declared peace between two British tribes. They were mingling and pledging allegiances to each other, and I felt rather proud of a job well done. We've got a long walk back to the TARDIS, haven't we? What the... We hurried round to the paddock and found Claudius's elephant being menaced by a selection of hungry warriors from both tribes. The poor dear was shivering, her eyes filled with alarm. What is it with the British? First sign of decent weather and they want to have a barbecue. Oh, we have to save her. We can't leave her with this lot. I would like to be able to say that Mrs. Wibsey and I leapt bravely to Nellie's defence by jumping straight upon her back and galloping down the hill and out of that place, that we made the tribesmen scatter and that we burst down the barriers and off we went thundering into the distance across the frozen wastes of ancient Britain. But in reality, we had a bit of a quarrel with the warriors, after which I offered around some placatory aniseed balls and I eventually convinced them that eating a whole elephant would give them chronic indigestion. After that, Mrs. Wibsey and I led poor Nellie out of that camp at something rather less than a gallop. More of a stately amble, really. She was getting on a bit, the dear. Where are we going to set her free? If the TARDIS was working properly, we could take her somewhere warm, as it is. She'll simply have to put up with the chilly weather in a friendlier age. Are you taking us back into the future? I hope she'll fit through the doors. Good job she's a small one. Perhaps she'll join us in our travels, Mrs. Wibsey. What do you think? She'd be hopeless getting into ventilation shafts, of course. You're talking nonsense again, Doctor. I know. Marvellous, isn't it? <laughs> and on we walked for miles and miles with Nellie at our side. We considered those other papers and artefacts that Mrs. Wibsey had been given at the jumble sale. It's a trail of clues, isn't it? Deliberately placed. It's looking likely, but to what end? What was the poster of, Mrs. Wibsey? Do you remember? It was that Frenchy thing. What's it? That famous cabaret poster. Ah, yes. Aristide Bruon dans son cabaret in Montmartre, Mrs. Wibsey, Paris, 1894. That's our next stop. What, with Nellie here? We'll find a zoo en route in the 19th century. We'll pop forward and drop Nellie off and then board the boat train south across the channel. What do you say, Wibs? My head's in a whirl. We could be in Montmartre for supper, Mrs. Wibsey. How do you feel about another night off from your chores? I could do with a month off. No time for that. We're only just starting. Come along. I know this wonderful place, the Moulin Rouge. Ever heard of it? Don't you ever stop? Hardly ever. Come along. <laughs>
Doctor Who, Demon Quest, The Relics of Time starred Tom Baker as the Doctor, with Susan Jameson as Mrs. Wibsey. Claudius was played by Nigel Anthony, and Mike Yates was played by Richard Franklin. Kate Sachs was the female warrior. Rupert Holiday Evans played the male warrior. The Relics of Time was written by Paul Mars. The script editor was Michael Stevens. It was produced for BBC Audiobooks by Kate Thomas. Next episode, The Demon of Paris. Oh, my God.